Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty and Shiny Pod. This is your not, not so humble host, uh, Aaron Flottam. Uh, it's not John. John is not leaving off the show today. John is out of town on work. So we're going to get the very rare Aaron solo podcast today. Um, honestly, we, we don't try to miss a lot of weeks. We record probably 48 weeks out of the year. Um, and we try and keep the weeks we miss to the doldrums that is usually after the NBA season, first part of the baseball season when there's a lot of summer stuff going on, um, holiday weekends, stuff like that too. But uh, we figured to be a little bit of a remiss, a little bit remiss for us to not have a podcast this week with all the happenings uh, with the Packers and the win in Dallas and the Bucks being on a heater here recently, culminating with a win over the Warriors the other night with Dame hitting a, th- a three-pointer to win the game at the buzzer that he shot from the Waukesha County line and made it. Uh, here we are. Again, my name is Aaron Flottam. You can find me on Twitter X at Cheddar Talk, at Cheddar Talk. John, who is the usual host here, you can find him at Not So Humble Host. You can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. I won't get into the Mastodon Blue Sky stuff because it's just me today. I don't have the information in front of me. A couple things. Uh, I'm going to pull back the curtain. Uh, never mind the man behind the curtain. So John is, everyone knows, the heart and soul of this program and the brains of this program. So John does all the prep work and gets everything ready. He talks. I react. I talk more than he does, but that's kind of the relationship that we have on this. So I'm I'm running into this one blind. I've got some information in front of me that I want to go over. I'm going to keep it to about 10 minutes. Like I said, it's, it's not the time of year. John, when this trip was planned, wasn't really expecting the Packers to be having a playoff game, much less winning a playoff game in dramatic fashion in Dallas. So we're going to rip through that because I don't think we can skip on this. This is a big part of Packers history. This will be going down Packers lore. Uh, the hist- uh, the the Dame Lillard thing continues to blossom in Milwaukee. I'm going to skip out on the local sports and everything else like that. We'll keep this about to 20 minutes tonight. And yeah, we'll go through that. So here, so I guess now is the time when we get to the main event. All right, so the main event for this week, uh, I understated. I, I, I started off saying it was the Packers going to be the main event, but uh, apparently I just got a text from John. Uh, he finally made it down to San Antonio after a very hard day. He left his house in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin Rapids at 3 a.m. and just got to San Antonio. And the last picture I received about two minutes ago, uh, he has a flight of tequila that he is halfway through. So good on you, John, drinking tequila flights on the Riverwalk. Anyway, so back to uh, away from John's travel woes and everything else. The Packers smoking the Dallas Cowboys 48 to 32 wasn't even that close. Chicago Sun-Times, a lot of stuff I'm going to say today. I'm going to lean on Badger Noonan a lot for a lot of the stuff today that I have. Uh, Posted a picture. You can find Badger Noonan, of course, at – hold on a second here. He is at at Badger Noonan and uh, Badger N-O-O-N-A-N. Posted a picture today from the Chicago Sun-Times. The headline just reads, Love Latest QB to Hate. And that's kind of what's going on here right now. Jordan Love, uh, last part of the season against the Cowboy or against the uh, Vikings, Bears, rolling into the playoffs, looking really good. A lot of fears of Packers fans extinguished about, you know, the quality of Jordan Love's play. And he was him. He was definitely him. He lit up the field. He looked like he belonged. Just just the way he played the game as well 
was amazing. Like the confidence was oozing. Having Aaron Jones back, we'll talk more about that a little bit. Aaron Jones back was or having Aaron Jones doing what he's doing now. He's been back for a couple games, four straight hundred yard games. It looked really good. Big story for the game besides Love, Jones, Dobbs, Musgrave staying on his feet. Zach Krause, uh on Twitter, of course, put this out uh, yesterday. Cowboys had zero sacks, one tackle for loss, and three QB hits. Packers rushed for 143 yards. Packers offensive line, big-time performance. If you haven't had a chance to get on X Twitter or YouTube or whatever, make sure to look at Matt LaFleur's speech in the uh, locker room after the game. He points out a lot of good things that the Packers did yesterday. Uh, pro football focus, four players with elite grades and uh, one with uh, I, I don't have that one directly in front of me right now, but the players, the Packers played over their heads. They were unbelievable that off and started all with that offensive line. Micah Parsons wasn't a factor. He was in the backfield a little bit, but he was a not a factor carved up the, the Cowboys uh, defensive backfield. It was Un, it was unreal, and then just some of the some of the heroes of the game, you know, that weren't there throughout the season. Darnell Savage, someone who we've been waiting to appear for a long time, had quite a game. Um, Nixon, a pick and a sack, plus being just a great returner in general. Uh, it's it was good to see an all around great performance. Romeo Dobbs, uh, I, I I for one. When everybody else has been talking about all the other players on the team, of course, Dobbs and Watson, the only returns from last year, uh, everyone was waiting for Watson to show up. Uh, believe me, I am too. I, 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 I have all the trust in the world that Watson's going to be a great wide receiver. But Dobbs has been just wildly consistent, and he, he doesn't get that high. He's not the flashiest of the wide receivers. I mean, Wicks has got some flash to him. Um, Bo Melton is, as John has said on this podcast, is actually faster than Christian Watson. For Dubs to just show up on Sunday and qu- quietly, you know, like there's no flash to that guy whatsoever. 87 just plays. He plays just like the old 87, Robert Brooks. He's just out there making it, but a lot faster and ended up on the game. Six catches, 100 and uh, shoot, I don't have the set written, 151 yards and a touchdown. I, I was so happy to see Dubs get that touchdown at the end of the game because with everybody else scoring, I was like, well, Dubs should get one of the scores. <laughs> you know, I think Wicks was pretty quiet except for one big touchdown, you know, and it was it was good to see. Some of the basic stats on the game for you because we need to do this. Jordan Love, th- this line doesn't look that great, you know, considering if you put it up against Dak Prescott's, but it was the efficiency was so unreal, carried by a good ground game. Jordan Love, 16 for 21, 272 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he played way bigger than that, though. Those uh, and and would have had a perfect pass rater if he wouldn't have had to come in. It got a little sketchy at the end of the game. There, they got to within sixteen, and uh, they had brought in Clifford and some of the backups, and so Love had to come back on. He threw an incomplete pass at the end, so they negated him from having a perfect QBR. But uh, he was close. And then uh, Aaron Jones, of course, twenty-one carries, one hundred eighteen yards, three touchdowns, just dominant. Robio Dobbs. Big yards, big plays, was always open. Of course, like I said, he got that touchdown at the end. He was a backbreaker for for the Dallas fans and for well for the Dallas team and the Dallas fans. Like everything Dubs did the other day seemed to just be shots to the heart. Dagger, 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 dagger. Speaking of which, um, Wayne Larvey threw his dagger at the end of the third, I think, after Musgraves touchdown. Early dagger. Play a wild card dagger that early. That's insane. Dak Prescott, of course, had some inflated numbers because of the second half. 
as I alluded to, had to bring Love and Clifford back into the game after they walked down the field twice. Uh, he was 41 for 60 for 403 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Tony Pollard was 15 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, nine receptions, 110 yards. But, of course, I, I don't that, – that didn't happen until late in the second half. The, the Packers – had at that's at that point. I mean, I'm rolling into halftime. It should have been 27 nothing, uh, as was pointed out on the broadcast when they brought it back from halftime. And and good on the announcing team, Greg Olson and Burkhart Burkhart and Olson brought up that there was a false start on that touchdown play to Barry Alvarez's grandson, Jake Ferguson. I didn't know if you knew that, so I figured I'd point out he's Barry Alvarez's grandson. Nephew? Not sure. Don't care. Anyways, but I mean, it should have been 27 nothing going into the half. Packers just rolled it on. Of course, Dallas, you know, scores a little bit at the end. I mean, some of your other players for the Packers, you know, Aaron Jones, of course, big game. Uh, it was good to see Wilson getting in there as well. He ended up with eight carries, didn't do a whole lot with them. But uh, Musgrave with the catch of the year, <laughs> I mean... The nearest defensive back was located somewhere in Oklahoma, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Musgrave had a couple other good catches in that game, too. But, I mean, talk about spreading it out. Dubs, of course, six six catches because he was just open all the time. Musgrave, three for 52 in a touchdown. Dontavian Wicks, two for 25 in a touchdown. Tucker Craft, two for 15 in a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Jones caught one out of the backfield. Christian Watson, one for nine. Bo Melton, one for seven. Jalen Reed, no catches. So, I mean, that says something because Reed is – in my opinion, I think he is the future of this Packers receiving core. He really has a lot of good attributes. We've talked very highly about him on this show um, or on this podcast. I really do think Reed's the best. But, I mean, this shows the, the incredible drafting in the last two drafts. These are all people drafted in the last two drafts, except for Melton, who I I forget his backstory, but how we ended up with him eventually. So uh, that's how that worked. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, great game again. Of course, he had the sack, and then Jair Alexander and Savage both. Sorry, Nixon didn't have a sack. I said that earlier. That is my bad. Uh, but Nixon, seven tackles and a sack. Campbell, it was all over the place. I I think Campbell is playing hurt. Like, I honestly do. You could just tell by his, like, body language that he was out there really working, uh, working against what his body wanted him to do. The defense in general, except for, like I said, those two – just walk down touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That kind of got us all a little bit there. The defense was good. Not good for those of us who want Joe Barry fired. Um, (laughs) And speaking of hiring and firing, we're going to get off the stats here. As to this point, Mike McCarthy has not been fired from the Dallas Cowboys, which is a little bit surprising to me. Apparently Arthur Blank had Bill Belichick down to his yacht in the Caribbean today to interview him. I don't know. How do you interview uh, Bill Belichick? I mean, is there so it, it's funny with two high profile people out there in Harbaugh and Belichick, it will be interesting to see where they end up in the end. And and the fact that the Packers don't have to get another coach, uh, maybe a new defense coordinator. They win this week. Sorry, folks, we're going to have Joe Barry back. One thing I would love to see, though, that happened back in 2010. Uh, maybe some of you remember this. Uh, I, I don't like to see a man lose their job. I really don't. Like, and especially in sports, unless it's a head coach, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions, or the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, on back-to-back weeks in 2010, the Packers got Brad Childress fired with the Vikings and then Wade Phillips fired from the Cowboys. I don't know what kind of karma that would create in the grand scheme of uh, football gods, but uh, 
getting another cowboy coach fired and it being a former Packer coach in Mike McCarthy, it's going to happen, I think, right? Or, or are they going to let, what's his name, the defense coordinator down there fall on the sword? I'm not sure. So either way, so Saturday night, 7 o'clock, 7.15, somewhere in that area, I'll be ready for it. Taking on the 49ers, the Packers' biggest bugaboo of the last decade uh, along. I mean, it was kind of just mutated from the Seattle Seahawks right into the 49ers throughout the 2010s. It's going to be rough. You know, I I don't think I think the 49ers, they're going to be a little bit rusty. Of course, they've been sitting players the last couple weeks and then they had the bye, which has been problematic in the past for some one seeds and two seeds back when they used to have the first round bye. I think the the Packers, when they did what they did to Dallas, if they would have just squeaked out a win against Dallas, maybe the 49ers would have came in with a big head and not have been prepared for the game. But I think uh, the the 48-32, I, I think that, that that maybe put the 49ers on alert that the, the Packers are locked and cocked and ready to rock. So uh, that all said, they do have some monsters on both sides. I mean, their front, I mean, they have Chase Young as a backup pass rusher nowadays after free agency so i mean that that front seven for that whole defense for the 49ers uh really legit and on offense so many weapons uh like i said you've got christian mccaffrey you got debo and then when that's not working you know there's kittle out running around Ayuk is really good too if there is one weak spot on this team it's the offensive line and it's not much of a weakness and as was proven a couple weeks ago Purdy can be shaken if you get to him. The Ravens got to him, and it was not a good game for him. But, I mean, when you when you give that young – he looked young and inexperienced at that point. But, man, if you let someone sit back in the pocket like that with those kinds of weapons and, – and and the 49ers had a rough stretch earlier this year too when, when there were injuries to some of these star players. So – and that's it. You, you know, you got to hope for – they're not going to they're not going to cowboy it they're not going to uh the 49ers are a better organization they're better players they're going to be ready Shanahan's going to have them ready and if the Packers are hoping to win this one it's going to have to come out punching early again just like they did the Cowboys but I don't think that the 49ers will lay down so easily Cowboys really kind of laid down as the game along went along on Sunday that's where I think the big difference is here and Pollard's not what he used to be He's not the guy who usurped uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He didn't gouge the Packers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will gouge the Packers. He will make you pay if you do the wrong thing. Bosa on the outside, on the other side, will make you pay. Um, they've got some real freaks that play on that team. So I uh, would like to be happy. or I, I am happy that the Packers, because we're already playing with house money. As far as I'm concerned, beating the Cowboys in the fashion that they did was my Super Bowl for this year. I think John would kind of agree with that, too. We had no expectations. Like I said, John planned this trip figuring that the Packers would probably not be in the playoffs at this point. It was a work trip. He was kind of had to do it anyways. But, you know, we didn't think we'd be doing a podcast this week. And we'd just be doing Requiem to a dead season um, next week and uh, and and the lot. So, uh I, I have all the hope in the world for my Packers. This has a feeling of the 2010 team, a team that was the sixth seed going into the playoffs and didn't have a single home game, a team that um, the, the big game in 2010 was the Atlanta game in the divisional round when they went and played the one seed after beating Philadelphia. Philadelphia was a, a, a pretty a pretty good win. Like it was very, it was, they did it pretty handily, but I do remember 
Rodgers going into Atlanta and just carving apart the Falcons, just carving them. And it was an unbelievable game. I, I, I liken that to this past game against the Cowboys. I feel like it's out of place, but I, I really think if there's going to be a grinded out and plus just get rid of the bugaboo. I mean, the 49ers are the bugaboo of the Packers. I don't think – I really don't think there's any chance of a blowout. Do I think the Packers can win? Yes. Um, are my expectations on a win? No. I And I think John would have the same thought process as myself on that one. So really looking forward to it, though. Uh, I mean, our boys are getting invaluable playoff experience. I'm very excited for next year, another year under the belt. This offensive line being – they're getting so good. Uh, Zach Tom – unbelievable he just shut down Michael Parsons it was pretty it was pretty good yeah so uh, I'll keep moving on those there's better podcasts that have way more information and John's not here so uh, let's move on to the Bucks, who of course had to take on uh, Sacramento the other night and things weren't looking good down the stretch Sacramento a team that is fifth in the west I mean they're respectable they're 23 and 16 five games out of first behind only the Timberwolves Thunder Nugget and Clippers who I'm still I can't believe the clip, the Harden things working with the Clippers, but game, uh, it was meddling. It was very meddling. It was kind of hard to watch. The Kings just kind of stuck in it, stuck in it, stuck in it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in overtime and then overtime did not start off so well for the Bucks. Uh, but of course, uh, <laughs> Dame Lillard smokes a three pointer to win it. Dame Lillard now has 12 buzzer beating three pointers and, like I was talking to my wife, Holly, who's a huge uh, Bucks fan, along with me, who's only new into the NBA. So I have to kind of explain to her some of the things we go along here. He pulled up about 12 feet short of the three-point line, not because of time, but because they had guys waiting for him at the three-point line. And he smoked that thing from straight off 10 feet behind the three-point line uh, to win it. It went through as the buzzer went off. Clutch, it was it was Dame time. It was It's why we had got Dame here. Um, 143-142, of course, the final over the Kings. Uh, I mean, it wasn't looking good in that first part of overtime. Giannis, of course, had 27 on the game, 10 and 10 for rebounds and assists. Uh, Lillard had a 29-4 and 8. Um, Beasley with a good game, 23-4 and 5. Lopez, of course, was Lopez. Uh, Bobby had a good game, too. He had 22-10 uh, and 1. Uh, it's always good when uh, Bobby can, can contribute. That, of course, is three in a row for the Bucks now, uh, having... Last loss to the Jazz in disappointing fashion on January 8th. Since then, it's been uh, the, <laughs> on the 11th, of course, the Bucks played the Celtics, who are coming off five games in seven days and a back-to-back against the Timberwolves. Either way, excuses, excuses. Just a runaway freight train of a game, 135-102. The score really doesn't even show how bad it actually was. 43-point deficit at one point. It was 50-57. Let me get into the. Let me get into here. It was fifty. It was seventy-five to thirty-eight at the half. The the Celtics pulled all their players at halftime. The Bucks kept playing their starters for a while, but it was kind of a joke game, and it, it was one that was you know a TNT game. The best two teams in the in the East, and it was just a stinker. Next game they played against uh, you know were out three game homestand. Then they uh, came uh, Warriors came to town, played nobody. Closer game than it should have been, but the Bucks ended up winning. 129, 118, and of course, what I just talked about, too, the Bucks beating the Kings, uh, 143, 142. Currently, the standings in the East now, the Celtics are still not at 10 losses yet. They're uh, 31-9, three games ahead of the Bucks, and then, of course, 76ers, two games behind the Bucks, Cavaliers, Heat. 
The Bucks do play the Cavaliers twice now in the next week here, and I will be at one of the games. Yay, good for me. Uh, but uh, let's see here. They play uh, Cavs tomorrow night uh, at 6.30 in Cleveland. And then, of course, uh, on Saturday off to play the Pistons. That's a 2 o'clock game on Saturday. The lowly, lowly Pistons uh, who started off the season 2-1 and one, and uh, now still only have three wins. They are, what, God, what are they now? I don't even pay attention. Oh, they're 4-36. and 36, Excuse me, 4-36. and 36. They must have got another one in here somewhere. And then, of course, the Cavaliers will be at the Bucks next Wednesday. Back-to-back games. They'll be playing two games against Cavaliers on Wednesday and Friday. Um, that seems like a schedule oddity. I'll have to get with a friend of the show, Pete, about that one. I don't remember the last time you'd have a Wednesday-Friday game against the same team. That's not a back-to-back and not a home and home. It seems very odd to me. Either way, so we'll be uh, paying attention to that. So next week, of course, John will be back, the, the heart and soul of the show, with some organization. Those will be a whole lot less ums and ahs, a uh, lot less just free rolling through the show here. But like I said, it would be we'd be amiss not to put out a, 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 a podcast after the exciting weekend we had. Production value, lower, because John's a professional. I'm not. Content quality is good. Not really. Comedy, comedy, definitely not there because John really brings the best out of me. So uh, we really work well off each other. Uh, I enjoy doing these podcasts with John. The, it's like I said, it's about a once a year a bit here. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up here and uh, get back into audacity and try and put some music behind here. And uh, like I said, uh, the old computer, um, I forgot to transfer over all the bed music for our podcast. So I'll see what I can do. This is the Scotty Johnny podcast. My name is Aaron Flottam. This has been an Aaron solo podcast. Of course, you can always find me on X Twitter at Cheddar Talk. You can find John at Not So Humble Host. He's on Blue Sky. I'm on Blue Sky. He's on Mastodon and Instagram and uh, Faith Plus, uh, Single Mingle, other things. Uh, I don't know what, what it is, but I don't have those addresses in front of me, nor am I going to look for them. Uh, you can also follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. And remember, whatever John says at the end, um, go Packers and on Wisconsin.